Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I am so excited to have Renee Jones with me. After 40 years on a diet, yo-yoing up and down the scale, Renee Jones had learned every diet and every cheat before finally stopping the comfort eating and self-sabotage to lose those last 30 pounds yet again in 2012 and has not gained it back. Then she dug a bit deeper and found more freedom from the baggage that she dragged with her for decades. Now she helps others to do the same. Renee has a master's degree in marriage and family counseling and a clinical residency to guide her international counseling and coaching practice of traditional and contemporary models as well as relaxation and horse-assisted methods. Her book, What's Really Eating You? Overcome the Triggers of of Comfort Eating is an Amazon bestseller and her TEDx talk helps to reach people around the world. Welcome, Renee. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. So first, let's dive into what emotional eating is, how we create it, how do we manage it. Kind of give us an overview. Okay. So emotional eating is eating for any reason other than hunger. Uh-huh. Um, I contend that it was actually created at birth because when a baby cries, we put something in its mouth to soothe it, whether it's the bottle or the breast or a pacifier. Babies cry and put a pacifier in the mouth. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So we, we get accustomed to soothing ourselves by putting things in our mouth, and then children often graduate to their thumb uh-huh. or their nails. Right. Or adults do smoking uh-huh. or pizza, donuts. Yeah. But anytime we feel uncomfortable, upset, we don't know what to do with the emotion. It's like, let's just eat something. Yeah. It'll make me feel better. Interesting. Okay. So when we've got that tendency, uh, I guess we'll be talking more about how we manage it, but kind of do you have a couple of real quick tips that can kind of guide us through the rest of the conversation? Sure. Yeah. Sure. One of the things that I, I tell my, my clients is overcoming emotional eating is not hard. We just have to get the hang of it. Right. Because we've been well-versed in how to soothe ourselves with food, right? Absolutely, yeah. So hang is actually an acronym. Right. H, are you hungry? Uh-huh. If you're hungry, you may actually need something to eat. But if you're not hungry and you're just going toward that, then A, what is the attraction to food in that moment? Uh-huh. And what is it you actually need? Is it a hug? Do you need to walk the dog? Do you need to have a chat with a friend? Do you need to just get up and breathe for a minute? But what is it that you actually need from that moment? That that food is trying to substitute for. Right. Right. And the G is go. Go get that. Because if you get that, it will soothe you more than food ever could. And it will last longer. Gotcha. Okay, so it sounds like the reason why we have so much trouble managing our weight then from your perspective is because we're trying to use food to solve a problem that isn't inherently solved by food. It should be yes. solved by something else. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just a pacifier. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So you talk about this epidemic of low self-worth. How does that relate to emotional eating? 
it seems that in this country and indeed around the world, there are so many people who just don't value themselves. They they, they talk a great game, mm-hmm. but they we never figured out how to truly value ourselves. We we do things to try to prove that we have value, right? Or to get someone else to tell us we have value, sure. but we don't believe it. Mm-hmm. And anytime you are feeling less in any way. You tend to want to soothe yourself, oh. and we do that most often. Our go-to is food because it's easy, it's available, it's legal, right. and it works <laughs> oh, every <yeah>. time. Briefly. <laughs> For as long as it takes to swallow. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Interesting. So that's probably a big part of the reason why diets tend to fail because they're not really dealing with the, the root issue, right? Right. So. Yes, that's true. That's, what, that's my contention, and that was what worked for me. Okay. So how did things shift for you? What was the, the aha moment that you had mm. that kind of shifted you from trying to diet to get the weight off to trying to satisfy your real cravings? Well, I've been on a diet since I was 10 okay. and I was staring down my 50th birthday mm-hmm. and I thought, right, okay, so <clears throat> women can't lose weight over 50 also a myth, but Absolutely. that's what I believed. Sure. Um, and if I don't get this sorted out now, I'm going to be fat for the rest of my life. Right. So I started looking for stuff. Okay, New Year's resolution, again, lose weight. Mm-hmm. And I started and did really well for about two weeks. Uh-huh. And then um, I thought, okay, we've got to get this straightened out. So I started again. First of February, I started again. March, in April, I had to have a bigger size because I had just continued to gain weight. I thought, this is just terrible. I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. So I started doing research, and I ran across this YouTube video of an English lady. And I thought, dang, she's really doing this. This is just amazing. And I'd had a connection to the UK for a while. And I was very impressed with her presentation. So I started looking her up, and she had a a weight loss program, and I bought into the thing, and she was talking so much about emotional eating, and I thought, yeah, that's what it is, Mm -hmm. because every time I was on a diet and I'd get upset, I'd go to food. That was the trigger, yep. That was it. So I thought, okay, this is my my issue. I've got to deal with the emotional eating. So I actually hired her as a coach. Oh, okay. And we worked together for quite a while. Um, but it, it helped me to sort out all that stuff mm-hmm. that you just carry with you, all the baggage that you carry with you for your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just started unpacking it. And as I went, I lost the weight and I also lost a, a lot of weight off my shoulders. Absolutely. That makes sense. So in general, what would your advice be to somebody who is looking to keep a resolution, New Year's or otherwise? How do you make it work long term? The way to make a New Year's resolution work is to resolve the underlying issue that's driving the behavior you don't want. Amen. Absolutely. (laughs) So if you, I want to quit smoking. Okay. Why do you smoke? Mm -hmm. Look at those things. I want to lose weight. Why do you eat so much more than your body can actually do? Right. You know, I want to um, learn a skill. Okay, learn the skill. Those are is a little, little easier, right? Sure, absolutely. But why do you bail on it? That would be my question. Mm-hmm. You do this for two weeks, and then you stop. 
what's that about? Exactly. Yeah, that's totally the naturopathic philosophy as well. Get to the root cause instead of treating the symptom because if you treat the symptom, you're going to be chasing it forever. But once you find the root and you deal with that, then the, re- the, the symptom doesn't have a reason to come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, if you have an overwhelming craving in the moment, so this is a, like broad picture, yes, deal with the root issue. But if you've got that overwhelming craving, how do you handle that and also be faithful to your goals? How'd you get past that? I think if you have a craving that you just cannot say no to, then treat that food with the same respect that you're treating the craving. Do not stand in the pantry or over the sink and eat it as quickly as you can so nobody catches you. <laughs> Very good point. Uh-huh. What I tell people is put it on a plate. Right. Use knife, fork, spoon, whatever the appropriate utensil is. Mm-hmm. Set your table and sit down and focus on that food. Or if you've got somebody with you, talk to them. But... Notice the food, because if you don't, you won't remember really that you had it. Right. You know, Oprah told a story years ago about going to France, mm-hmm. and she bought two croissants because she knew she would swallow the first one whole, and she wanted the second one to enjoy. Actually, oh, makes so much sense. And I thought, that's me and my grandmother's pie. So if you just stop and. Focus on it and taste it and squeeze every bit of flavor out of every bite. Mm-hmm. You will remember that and it will be a much more pleasant experience. Absolutely. And if you're going to give into a craving, mm-hmm. you better enjoy it because you're going to pay for it later. Mm-hmm. That's true. So you may as well enjoy it in the moment. Yeah. So a lot of this reminds me there's a, a story that I tell a lot of my patients who are struggling with emotional eating that comes from a book by Charles Duhigg that is uh, called The Power of Habit. And Uh he describes in the appendix, it's not even in the regular uh, section, where he's talking about what made him write the book in the first place. And he said every day at 3 o'clock he craved a cookie. And so his idea was, okay, when the trigger occurs, which is the 3 p.m., he's going to go try to, he's going to go get, eat the cookie, but every day he will then kind of come up with an alternative action that he can do instead to see if it satisfies the craving. And if it doesn't, he'll go get the cookie, but he'll come up with a different plan the next day. So what he eventually discovered was what he was craving at three o'clock wasn't actually the cookie at all. It was the socialization because he had to go to the cafeteria to get the cookie. So then at three o'clock, he'd go chat with a coworker for 10 minutes and he discovered after 10 minutes, he didn't want the cookie anymore. He was okay. So what do you need? What do you need? And go get that. Exactly. And if you do that, then you've conquered that cycle. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. And so much of it is just habit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Makes perfect sense. So what would you say is the best nutrition plan? What do you counsel people to, to gravitate towards? What will you stick to? <laughs> Very good. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I have a particular nutrition plan that I like. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says about it. I like eating in this way. Mm-hmm. Somebody else would not. My cousin could not eat the same way I do because it doesn't work for her body. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I, I lost my weight on a low-fat diet. Mm-hmm. And two years later, while trying to maintain, I was still tired, hungry, and cranky all the time. Yep, wasn't for you. That wasn't for me. So I had to look at other things to find a better, more satisfying, and helpful way for myself. Mm-hmm. 
you can have the best diet in the world, but if you won't do it, mm-hmm. it doesn't do you any good. Mm-hmm. So find what you can live with, what you will work with, stay on, and do that. Don't don't worry about what other people say. As long as you're getting good nutrition, mm-hmm. any diet will work as long as you work it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I always encourage people to go with whole food as much as possible, food the way Absolutely. God created it. And that is not processed, doesn't have added sugar, all of those things. But within the whole macronutrient spectrum, I have people all the way from vegan to keto who are who are thriving. But it doesn't. It depends on the person, and it's different for each one. For that, that's absolutely true. And because also, my chemical storm sure. is different to your chemical storm. Absolutely true. Absolutely. And I also have found too that sometimes when I give people a diet plan, if I see that look of overwhelm on their faces, then I'm like, all right, we need to slow this down and back up a little bit. Because if I recognize this is too much for you. We need to do things in little little increments. If I don't do that, then you're right. They're going to come back and they won't have changed anything. So you need to, you know, people need to find what works best for them. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so back to trying to find that underlying craving that is driving the emotional mm-hmm. eating cycle. How do you go about identifying what the driving force is for comfort or stress relief for that individual? What's that process look like? One of the things that I do, an exercise I do with clients, is say, okay, close your eyes and think about that food. You can probably, it's probably very vivid in your mind. If you think about it long enough, you can probably even smell it. Maybe you can taste it. Once you have that very clear to yourself, think about when you first had it, or the first time you remember having it. Who gave it to you? And what was going on? What did it mean to you in that moment? Interesting. Okay. Because normally foods are memories encased in pastry, chocolate, mm-hmm. crumble topping, something. Right? That it is the vivid memory around it that makes it so special to you. Mm-hmm. And this is how I know that. My grandmother and I loved Reese's peanut butter cups mm-hmm. because we both love peanut butter and we both love chocolate. <laughs> yeah, well, who doesn't? <laughs> so I was very attached to my peanut butter, but also to Reese's peanut butter cups. Specifically, yeah. Because they reminded me of her. Of course. They were, they were her love and affection in tangible form, mm-hmm. right? Which is silly, but that's essentially what it was. Well, about five years ago, I decided I was going to give up sugar. And I thought, okay, let's see if I really like this stuff. And I sat down with a Reese's. It was Easter. I bought my myself. You know, the, the special holiday Reese's have just the right... Peanut butter to chocolate ratio to be perfect. <laughs> it sounds like an expert <laughs> speaking. <laughs> and the, the, the eggs are just fabulous. Uh-huh. Okay? So I sat down. I got my husband a bag of peanut butter cups, and I got myself a bag of peanut butter eggs, right? And I sat down, and I cut it into, like, six pieces. And I put the first piece in my mouth, and I thought... This is going to be an incredibly sad day for me. 
thought, well, wait, 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 wait. Let's give it a couple of, of tastes. Just make sure we're thinking this. And I didn't even finish it. I gave him the whole bag because the flavor that I remembered wasn't in that product anymore. Interesting. Because we stop tasting things. Mm-hmm. Right? We eat them. We think, oh, I always love this. This is great. And we just eat it. We swallow it. We don't even think about it. But if we stop to actually taste it, we may wonder why we thought it was so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may remember, or maybe you've always had whole food, but when I stopped eating a lot of processed food and went to whole foods, mm-hmm. and then for whatever reason had, you know, a fast food something in there, I was like, why did I love this? Uh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> that was a very interesting moment and having that conversation with explaining to people no I actually don't want it they think it's just all discipline no your taste buds change it's absolutely true they do they do very true so for someone who doesn't live alone and has a whole bunch of food in the house that tempts them how would you recommend they navigate a snack filled home always hard always hard (laughs) because it's around right you know uh it's just my husband and my and and myself in our house at the moment and his mother sent with him a you know huge jar of salted roasted nuts Mm -hmm. and he put that on the counter i was like oh no 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 Take that upstairs. I don't want to see it because that, that's just one of those. I mean, it's the just the right salt, sweet, yep. um, fat thing. It's it's Moorish. It's beyond Moorish. So he took it upstairs and then he left for a few days and he brought it back downstairs and put it in the pantry. I put it in a sock drawer because I didn't want to see this thing, right? Because that's just too much temptation for me. So we have to find ways that we will not be tempted by them. Absolutely. That could be either your snacks in a separate cupboard or theirs in a different cupboard. Mm -hmm. But at the bare minimum, wherever they are, not at your eye level. Mm -hmm. And if you can put them in an opaque container so you can't see it, all the better. (laughs) And then put your stuff either straight out or in a clear container at your eye level. So that's the first thing you see Right. and make it colorful, yep. you know, yep. get pretty food for yourself too. Yep. Because just because you choose differently doesn't mean you have to suffer. Absolutely. There are wonderful things out there yeah. that you can have and you can enjoy. Once you're aware of them for sure. Once you're aware of them and once you have them available to you. Mm-hmm. Available and easy access are really important. Mm-hmm. Just what you don't focus on can't tempt you. So what you don't see. Absolutely. Sure. So, and along those lines, how would you recommend that people navigate the holidays, which are kind of coming up now? <laughs> oh, holidays. Just one, uh, what is it, five-week food orgy in the United States, yeah, something. <laughs> and now that, you know, Halloween is becoming a thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. It's like two months of this. Mm-hmm. So, when I, ha- I mean, sometimes you just have to be polite, Right. There are no choices that will not get you in some kind of trouble. Yeah. And you just have to deal with that. Yeah. Generally, what I do is I kind of do a reconnaissance round. Mm-hmm. And if I can use a smaller plate, I do. Mm-hmm. Because volume sometimes speaks more than what's actually. Yeah. So I'll look at things 
like my grandmother's sweet potatoes were always the thing. It's like, oh, God, I have that. And God, I have the dressing that she makes. Because, you know, you just can't do without those. Right. So I'll take a small portion of that. Yeah. Not a full portion, a couple of tastes, so that I don't Satisfied. miss out completely. Uh-huh. Right? And then I'll, I'll just look and see, okay, what else is on this table that I will feel bad if I miss? I'll regret it. Mm-hmm. So then I'll fill in with the things that I know are good for me. I'll fill in with the turkey and the salads and the green beans or, or whatever it is. But know what you actually want and need from that day. Absolutely. But what you also need from that day is conversation with family and friends. Absolutely. Connection. Because that, that's the thing about food. I mean, we put food in front of every um, situation because we're looking for connection and that's easy. Mm-hmm. That means we have to sit down for a while. Mm-hmm. And we're looking for the connection. The food is just the vehicle. But we've kind of flipped that. So it kind of leads into my next question. So I know that you are a Christian. How does your faith inform your relationship with food? Well, you know, there is that deadly sin of gluttony. <laughs> right. In my book, the, the title of the chapter is called Gluttony, the culture approves sin. Mm-hmm. My editor had to talk me out of saying the church approves sin. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, I mean, I, I was a, a ministerial type, and I was too heavy. And it wasn't because I wasn't eating good food. I was eating too much. I was gluttonous about it. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandparents had a ranch. And we would come in. My grandmother would come in at some point to start preparing the meal. And we would come in after working the turkeys or cows or whatever it is was we were doing. And we'd sit down at this meal. And if you could get up and go right back to work, you hadn't done it right. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was like, you know, you, can't you, don't let that beat you. You can eat that, can't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was. It's taught to us that unless you leave the table being overly full, then you're not showing the proper respect. You're not really enjoying the meal. And I think this is true in our faith as well, as because we have so many activities at the churches, the centers that are around food. That's true. Mm-hmm. But it's not carte blanche to just overeat and eat foods that are not good for you. Right? I became very clear that my body does not do well with grains. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I've got celiac. It, they just make me mean. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You know, if I have sugar two days later, I'm just going to be a little ratty. And I, I was shocked by that. Right. But it, I guess it jacks with my blood sugar or whatever. Mm, and it... Seriously, my husband will say, did you have sugar two days ago? Because this is not you. Uh And if we're going to look after our body, soul, and spirit, Mm -hmm. we have to pay attention to what we're taking in, Mm -hmm. whether we're being a little greedy. So guilty. I was so guilty of that. And whether we're putting our trust in an Oreo or a Twinkie Mm -hmm. rather than where we say we put our trust and our comfort sure and if food is a distraction from the real root issue and god wants to lead us to those and heal whatever it is that we're trying to mask then the food is going to be an obstacle to that absolutely 
we need to heal our hearts. We need to allow God to heal our hearts so that we can come back to that loving and intimate relationship with Him. Amen. Rather than with donuts. <laughs> Absolutely. So is there anything I have not asked you that you want to make sure you leave with our audience? Well, I think one of the things we do is we eat on autopilot. Uh-huh. We just eat. And if we're going to just eat, we may as well be eating celery because we'll enjoy it just as much. Good point. <laughs> if there's not a lot so, of attention given, yeah. So focus on what works for you. Focus on foods that nourish your body and your, your mind. And you, you don't have to keep doing the thing you've always done. And if and when you get to your goal weight, that's when you've learned what works for your body so you can continue that. Because very often we just go back to the way we were eating. And that's why it's so difficult to maintain weight loss. Because we think, oh, I'm there. It'll all be fine now. If the habit hasn't changed, the underlying issue, absolutely. absolutely. 40 years of up and down. 40 <laughs> you <know>. years. <laughs> and eight years of, in fact, yesterday was my true anniversary. Ooh, congratulations. That's great. Yeah, eight years of maintenance. Fantastic. All right, so I will link in the show notes to your book, What's Really Eating You, Overcome the Triggers of Comfort Eating, and also to your TEDx talk. Is there anything else that you want me to link to so people can find out more about you? Well, if they would, would they like a free gift? Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Okay. So I have this I have this exercise. It's called The Compass, uh-huh. and it's about clarifying what your goal is and how to help you get there. Mm-hmm. And it's a video. It's, you know, 35 minutes long, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's at packyourownbag.com slash friends. Fantastic. Well, I will link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Renee. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. There's nothing in this world that he cannot do if we truly allow his love we can do nothing without him anything that we do apart from him is not something that's permanent all need his grace that's everybody we are all broken people on our way to a place that we believe is is waiting on us in heaven you can find more of bridges with monica schmelter at lifeaudio.com in christ we are all one family amen